0: The thing is not how you are on your best days, how can you step up on your worst day? When everything is going terrible, when you're tired, when you're frustrated, when you're edgy, how do you treat other people? Fuck pain, fuck heartbreak, I'm still in love with life.
1: Headquarters of the future capital of the free-thinking states of America known as Los Angeles. This is the Drunken Dows Podcast. On this episode, Doom and Gloom Visits. From masculine men taking cues from the despicable Andrew Tate, finding toxic masculinity so threatening. To the main event: the terrifying implications of the emerging AI and what happens when humans hand over art music and writing to the machines, leaving us all with a lack of meaning for our very existence. Plus Rick Rubin on creativity, the joy of the last of us. This is a great episode, here we go. And now, asking you all to spread the words that corporations are not persons, I'm Rich Evers. And my partner in crime, the savage philosopher and middle finger of the gods, Daniele Bolelli. As we invite you to lower the lights batten down the hatches and prepare to open your mind for the drunken dows podcast begins now welcome back everybody another fine episode of the drunken dows podcast and indoor can you hear that echo or actually inside dangerous winds swirl around oh hi uh, mystical rains perhaps a rainbow soon but still california still pretty lovely and uh, i'll take our winter over theirs any day
0: You know, I just saw uh, the forecast said one of the worst storms of the 21st century, and it said in the mountains up here, it's going to be over 100 inches of snow. 100 inches. That's insane.
1: Well, like this rain, we got just the the, the two big ones already. Yeah. It's got to be the most rain we had in a year, in 10 years.
0: You know, it's trippy. I was actually actually listening to and doing some research regarding the collapse of Cambodian civilization when, you know, they were building Angkor. What what they were doing. Like, they were one of the most powerful civilizations on the planet at one point. And part of their collapse was a paradoxical one because it is due to climate change. But you're like, oh, it was because of drought. Yes, it was because of drought and flooding at the same time in the sense that there would be a 20-year drought And then it comes down. So you do all these things to maximize water, make it flow faster, do all these things in the reservoir. When it comes down, all hell comes down. So suddenly you have to block the reservoir, do all these things because it's flooding everywhere. And then you're in a drought again. And then it floods again. And so it was like part of what made it hard to handle was that it wasn't just a bad news going one way. It was bad news going in two opposite ways at the same time, so you're trying to fix it in one direction, but then it screws you up the I was like, okay, I get it. It's simpler than just, uh, like for example, a global warming tale. There's that. And there's also its opposite all of a sudden, but it doesn't balance neatly. It just screws you over in two different directions. No, and the
1: balance is never going to be nice. And now we're yeah. talking like huge pieces of glacier breaking off. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. There's all this back and forth
1: that's... Um, I saw some fool the other day. They had a, a, a picture of a glass with some ice in it. Mm-hmm. And they're like, the ice melts and nothing happens. It's because you don't get it, man. The ice that's coming is not in the water right now. Yike. Plus, ice is magic. It's one of the few solids that actually floats. Right? You can't take, you can't float an aluminum pole in liquid, in, in heated liquid aluminum.
0: No, nope, it doesn't work that well, way. But, you know, it's always good when there's uh, (laughs) some dude on YouTube with his glass of ice uh, figuring out what no scientist does. Yeah, because clearly, I'm glad you figured it out. That it's all, uh, Jesus Christ, people are
1: weird. And the quick answer is take your snowball and put it on a couple chopsticks and put it over your glass. Yeah, see how that goes. Yeah, I don't know. Bizarre. The uh, the hatred of science makes me crazy these days. Not just like complete ignorance of it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just how basic... And, you know, it's fine, because, you know, I don't understand most stuff. But, like, maybe then don't have super strong opinions about stuff you don't fully understand. Which, in the way I see it, is most stuff out there I don't really understand. So, I'm not going to have that strong opinions about those aspects. But, in any case, well, speaking of strong opinions, today we are going to deliver to you one of the most pessimistic drunken Taoists ever. And there is an excellent chance that we are at least Partially wrong, if not completely, because the reality is that most stuff usually is complicated than a complete doom and gloom or everything is great scenario. But uh, hey, today this is how the mood hits us, and uh, you know. So we're talking primarily. We'll jump into talking about AI. And yes, if you want to hear the worst, I've heard people who have the most idealistic and positive take on what AI is going to bring. That is now I will deliver to you today. So strap in for, if nothing else, for entertainment factor, for how horrendously negative we can make it. It's a challenge. Let's see what we come up with.
1: I thought we did pretty well.
0: Yes. And I think those folks that think it's going to be all
1: right, I think they're lying.
0: Well, let's find out, but uh, I hope they are right and we are wrong. But yes, today that's what we are about to deliver. Before we get going, a shout out to Shore Design T-shirts that has the softest, coolest T-shirts on the planet. We love them deeply, so if you are about to buy T-shirts or pants or anything like that, check out Sure Design T-shirts and their sister website, Harem Pants. Shout out to Paloma Verde CBD. You use the code TAO, T-A-O at CBD.com for a 20% discount on various CBD products shout out also to occult herbs and tonics they prepare some great herbal mixes that you can use in the kitchen and they are fantastic and sweet very small scale family business, good to support them and of course the usual shout out to home Sellers and materawines.com for sending us some of their awesome wine having said that we should probably thank the sweet folks parting with their harder money to support us
1: let the pottering begin
0: that would be Ryan Merklin, Keegan Walsh, Stephen Notariani, Lisa Robles, Nick Zunica, Istis Juska, John Vergara, Nicola Togni, Joseph Lord, GlobalHobos.com, Eden Cario, Samuele Rudelli, Jim D'Amico you folks are our heroes. Thank you so much for helping us out.
1: Amazingly dedicated.
0: Yes, very sweet people. So These guys have
1: been around for years.
0: Yes. So if you want to join this brave band of heroes, shoot us a PayPal, either at paypal.me forward slash dbolelli, or you can just use my email, which is bodhi1974 at yahoo.com. Again, is B as in boy, O D as in Daniel, H I, 1974 at yahoo.com. Also doesn't hurt if you use our Amazon link, which is in the episode notes. I have no idea. Maybe we should test it at some point if the link we added the DB Amazing still works or not, but we should probably try it.
1: <laughs>
0: um having said all that, let's get the ball rolling and uh, let's start this episode.
1: <laughs> So you survive the floods? Yeah. What, what could there possibly be to worry about?
0: Well, today we'll give you a... Oh, man. You know, I've been trying to... I'm trying to make a point to do episodes that have a more upbeat vibe because life is hard enough as it is. So I like to find things to look at the positive side, look at what you can do. This is now one of them. This is a rather... Well... Any episode that is entitled uh, "AI and the End of Humanity" does not
1: spell uh, flowers and rainbows. So let's go check that out. And you've been tracking this for a good bit. Has something just in the immediacy finally said, "This is it."
0: Yeah, I think I'm seeing where it's going c- more clearly than before. But I guess before we serve uh, to you guys the apocalypse on a golden platter, <laughs> let's uh, let's start unrelated and then we get to the meat of this episode. Unrelated but appreciated is a message coming to us from one of our sweet listeners of over 10 years, Mr. Dan Prince. So he's the one? Yes. Sweet man who send us, well, speaking of men, send us something specifically related to masculinity. Like, he's asking a couple of questions I find interesting. One, he says, why do so many heterosexual traditionally masculine men find the term toxic masculinity threatening? Why do many men in the public podcast YouTube sphere feel the need to defend people like Andrew Tate despite the despicable things he has said about women? Uh, do we need to do better as men in calling out misogyny in today's society? Yes. Um, and he say, you know, he brings up something rather disturbing in his own life where somebody who had been a friend of his for 10 years who found out he has been caught sexual as sexually assaulting a woman and so he's like, Jesus Christ, some of this stuff is not just happening out there, is not. And he said, this is a guy who has recently have been starting on a big uh, Andrew Tate kick and uh, all of that kind of stuff. Basically, he's. the question revolves around him being disturbed by the normalization of treating women like crap and viewing them as something other than uh, human in that sense. I think the question in some way answered itself in the sense that, yeah, it's there's. I think we all agree that it sucks, and we all agree that it's despicable in every conceivable way. No excuse for it. I think what it is is uh, there's uh, there's obviously a huge need in the public sphere. There are a bunch of people who never had a father figure, who never had a father, not only a father figure, in literally a father, but anybody playing a role in them, showing them, uh, kind of for young men, showing them what it means to become uh, an adult, to become a man, to become somebody who can handle responsibility, can be resilient, can be tough, but can also be nice, sweet, and kind. And lacking that completely, the first hustle that come on the net saying, I'm going to teach you how to be a real man. Uh, Responsibility, toughness, this is how you get all the women they flock to it like the proverbial moth, the flame, because because uh, they don't have it. And now the problem is, of course, that you, know, you and I can sit here and look at the example of Andrew Tate or people like that and just projectile vomit whatever we have eaten in the last couple of days upon seeing something like that. But also then, you know, it's one thing to condemn it from like, oh, that's obviously bullshit. But I think it speaks at something on a social level that, uh, that's lacking. And that rather than saying those guys suck, I think the better approach would be what is that we can offer as a replacement for this toxic crap that still addresses the need. Because yep. that's the problem. It's like you cannot, uh, it's like, uh, you know, if in pre-World War II Germany, you said, what? You wanna go with the Nazis? What's wrong with you? It's like, yeah, you're correct. However, the Treaty of Versailles still sucks. Lots of Germans are still pissed. So unless you offer a better solution to the problem that people are are feeling, they are going to gravitate towards some asshole demagogue who pushed them in a really unhealthy direction because what they are feeling is real. The need is real. The way that need is satisfied, at least currently in the public sphere, is fucking awful. So I think that's where, to me, I'm intrigued with the idea of people who can uh, who can offer role models in that sense of something that strikes some confused young guy as oh that's what a man is. I can respect the toughness, the strength, the these. But they also show that precisely because their toughness and strength and self-reliance and whatever other stuff people see as traditionally masculine, that absolutely needs to go hand in hand with being a kind human being, with being pleasant to other people, with being helpful, with being sensitive, with being sweet, with being the kind of things that Andrew Tate would look at and scream,
1: gay, that's not a real,
0: you know. That's not a real man, that's some wimpy crap.
1: Doesn't seem to be much of that in the uh, metaverse right now.
0: No, though. there isn't. And that's why I'm thinking that's why we have this kind of issue. That's why the Andrew Tate of the world have an audience. Or, so, I mean, Andrew Tate is an obvious. To me, is like he's such an obvious grift that it's not even funny. But to be perfectly honest, there are plenty of other people. Like, I mean, when you look at the on a more sophisticated level, on a less demented level, but when you look at the Jordan Peterson of the world... It's exactly the same. It's the same thing for people who are a bit smarter, you know? But that's the... But again, just laughing at them, saying, oh, how could anybody fall for it? Well, you know, fuck, if you never had anybody in your life showing you that. And also the problem with this is... If you look at it from the other side, from the more liberal, lefty, whatever, there has been huge mistakes made with the idea of uh, somewhat demonizing, not just the the toxic part of masculinity but masculinity in general yes. where it has been that uh, it's not because you are an abusive asshole that it's not just that that we condemn but the fact that you what you are interested in fighting in toughness what kind of Neanderthal stuff is that it's all about cooperation and sweetness like yeah there's that and that's good but that's not all you can give to somebody and in many ways the fact that hardly anybody in that sphere coming from that side of the story will push forward a model that still has something that would appeal to a basic uh, what makes a man a man kind of thing but yet do it in a way that includes all the other qualities of kindness understanding emotional intelligence and all those things then of course you're you're essentially giving a power to some of these guys that they shouldn't have because you do a shitty job at combining archetypes you know it's kind of like these guys are investing heavily on the more on the yang side of the equation to the point of making it toxic whereas you're investing so hard on the yin side of the equation going like yang that's shit. we shouldn't be dealing with that stuff and I find that dumb. I mean, like, the whole idea, like, even if you say something like personal responsibility and strength, there are a bunch of people on the left who immediately will curl their nose and go, like, what kind of right-wing bullshit is that? It's like, what, because we are in favor of personal responsibility and weakness? That's what we want? No. You know, you having that attitude is precisely what opened the door to the Andrew Tate of the world to have a huge following. And so that to me is while obviously the Andrew of the world are the scum of the earth and there are issues there, I think the the reason why they are so popular also start from their opponents and the mistake that their opponents make and create an opportunity for grifters like that to do their thing.
1: What about these absentee fathers that just disappear from the lives? I mean, that should be a crime. 100%.
0: 100 I mean, it's like. Even when we are talking with these, uh in the past episode, this was saying, it's in general applied to parents, but she was saying more so with fathers. She hardly, whereas occasionally she hears some classmates who are close to their mom, she say pretty much nobody she knows is close to their dad. Nobody. She said the best that they have is somebody who say, oh, I love my dad, but they don't interact. They would never talk to them about their problems or anything like that. That says something about a shitty job being done in terms of balancing family life and career and other things.
1: I'm sure you it know? is. A lot of it has to do with, you know, you do have to wear a 65 hour week just to keep things afloat. Absolutely. That has to be a big part of it. That is not
0: a critique individually of anyone. No. As many cases, this, this these are the truth. There are good people there that they are not all shitty fathers because they choose to be shitty fathers, you know? You're absolutely right. You know, if you have to do that and you're never there because you have to make money, uh, you're never there, period. (laughs) You know, it's like you have good reasons, but the end result is the
1: same. We've lost control. Mm -hmm. Speaking of which... You mean we're losing control in other ways? Let's... Oh, how did that letter end, by the way?
0: No, that was... Oh, oh, yes. You know, extremely sweet sweet way. There was uh, a message from Dan who said... uh, I first started listening to Drunken Taoist when I was 24 years old. I'm now 34. You and Rich have definitely had a positive influential impact on me. So thank you both. That's so sweet. That's so
1: one for us and 80 million for the others. Yes. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> hey, it's a step in the right direction. <laughs> yes. Didn't like, you say the first one is the hardest? Yes. So That, that is was... appreciated, though. I'm not trying to make fun. No, I, not really at all. It does mean a lot because that's kind of what we've been trying to do. Absolutely. So deeply,
0: deeply appreciated. Thank you, Dan, for the input on this. Okay, so before we get things going with the doom and gloom episode, (laughs) let's (laughs) go in a different direction one of our sweet loyal listeners who's also a supporter Nicola Togni out of Italy asked me about uh, he should shot a message regarding uh, um, an episode that Dan Carlin released on his hardcore history addendum feed uh, with Rick Rubin which if you don't know Rick Rubin where to start he produced the Beastie Boys, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Johnny Cash help me with the list because it's a long one anybody else you can think of Those
1: are my top ones for sure i mean he, he's the one who redid johnny cass with hurt yep and just maybe one of the most epic stealing of his song of all time Yep, yeah it's a list too big he just did a great series with paul mccartney just going over the old records and he can he literally has every track to every record on his console in front of him and they just tear things apart absolutely incredible that's awesome but yeah the list is massive And the whole, uh, that's an interesting connection when you get
0: Dan Carlin and Rick Rubin, because they clearly come from two completely different uh, fields in a way. But they seem like the same sort of dudes, like all
1: encompassing of what they do.
0: Yeah, they are not special. I mean, they are specialists in one field, but they aren't at the same time. They are clearly their breadth of knowledge and more than knowledge their sensitivity is bigger than any one field yes and it's interesting because rick rubin just published a book about creativity and about the creative process and all of that which i haven't read but it sounds really interesting and so dan and rick just sat down for a chat and they go on for over two hours going back and forth regarding the theme of creativity and and yeah i After Nicola pointed it out to me, I started listening. I'm like halfway through the episode. It's very fascinating because they're both geniuses. Oh, I can imagine. They are incredible people. It's interesting to listen to what they have to say. And I think it's like for... I don't know. For me, creativity is a strange beast because on one hand, you feel the pressure to... Like one thing that Rick Rubin said at the very beginning of the episode, which I thought was important and meaningful is that he says that often when he works with musicians, there are some musicians that don't release anything for like five years. And he says, in his opinion, most of the time, that's a mistake. Because he argues that it's not that in those five years they don't do anything. They create and they even create good stuff. But then they get caught into their own uh, hype of like, Last time there was this much response, I cannot deliver anything that's less than what I did last time. So let me tinker it longer and tweak it more. And no, it's not quite to the level where I want it to be. And and Rick was basically saying like that's a game where you never get out. You know, you can spend your whole life on something, and then by the time you are five years deep, you are not even the same person who started the project. So it doesn't. You have to almost redo it from scratch anyway, because it doesn't really represent who you are anymore.
1: That's what happened to Tears for Fears. They had the biggest record in the world, nineteen eighty five. They spent six years trying and, to get the next record, and all it did was sound like a big Beatles ripoff because they couldn't. It was epic. It was yeah. huge, but the um, yeah, yeah. the heart wasn't there anymore.
0: And I think, in fact, what Rick is saying is um, just release it. Just uh, the the time when you are excited to play a track for your friend where you just created something and you feel like you want somebody to hear it, that's when you should release it. Because he says you're not going to get more excited than that after that. So he's... uh, and the other thing that he was going is like, you never really know what's going to work and what's not going to work. You mm. don't know how the public is going to respond. You don't know how anything. So it's like, you know, on one end you don't want to just throw out the first thing that comes to mind, but at the same time, he's a believer in not sitting on it forever, just doing and tweaking and going, and which is very different from the guys who tell you you should redo the first draft. 52 times and so it was interesting to listen because of course you know everybody has their own personal methodology that works different for each person it was interesting to hear how he approach it I tend to I'm kind of like halfway you know one end I'm um, I read like I was talking to a guy um, Graham McNeil he's a writer and he was telling me that from conception to finishing a novel he can do it in three to four months. And I was like, three to four months, I don't even begin conception of like a plot or something. I'm way slower than that. And to me, it's like, it's not good or bad. I mean, of course, if you can count stuff, quality stuff that you're happy with, it's better to do it fast than slow. But like, for me, part of my process is I tend to sit a lot on it early in preparation, in outlining, in having a sense of where I'm going. Like, you know, some writers love not knowing where the plot is. Just Uh, blindly typing away. And I can't, because when I sit down and write, to me, that's writing time. It's not thinking about the plot time, you know? It's like, if something comes to me as a, oh, I could throw that in, great, throw it in, but I don't want to have to depend on it that I have to do that every time to. (sighs) So I like having, even a History on Fire, I like having almost a script and then depart from it. Like when I record, I don't really quite read it, but it's there. And so when I do want to read six lines in a row, I have them. And then I'm like, "Ah, let me improvise on this a little bit. And then, you know, so I like that. Having structure, but then departing from it. That's sort of how my gig works.
1: The AI will not be allowing that.
0: No, definitely will not. And I think it's key to, um, I mean, at the end of the day, it's really what works for you. Like creativity is so personal and individual that it really, there's no single formula that works for everybody. But, um, and so it's key to figure out what's your methodology? You know, What's your take on it? What is that? Uh, but... I don't know, it's fun to listen to other people and their approaches because sometimes it's like
1: listening to aliens. It's like, really? That's how you do it? And uh, I know that like, in songwriting time, have the tape running Yeah. because when you accidentally nail something, yep. sometimes you just can't, in the moment, even go back. What was that?
0: Totally. totally.
1: There's a... Um, it's, well, it's been 15 years now, but a lot of these newer um workstations are always recording. Mm-hmm. So even if you're like, had something try to recapture it it will have the last 30 minutes yep. that you were tinkering on And that's just fantastic that's got to save things many times i can't think of how many times i was like oh i should write that down and if i don't in that moment it's lost nine seconds later it's gone and uncapturable that's why it's one cool thing uh, since we're talking
0: so much shit in this episode coming up regarding new technologies there's like something that's awesome it's like the fact that everybody in their phone has a recorder where you can be driving where you can stop doing what you're doing to write something and you can just press a button while keeping your eyes on the road and then tell whatever it is there on your mind whether it is a great idea for a book, it's a line, it's a humming of a song, it's something and it's like boom and you have it there for when you're done and it's immediately ready for you when you when you want to sit back. That is awesome. That is a nice thing. That definitely helps. The AI appreciates the input. Yes. Now of back course. into your battery, please. Exactly. Well, on that note, it's AI Doom time. I'm getting sad already. Speaking of Doom, last thing I should throw out there. You have watched, have uh, you been watching The Last of Us? I'm up to date. Is that good or is that good? No, I love it. That's a hell of a good show. Did
1: you play the game at all?
0: I did not play the game. Um, Apparently,
1: Bart's like cutscenes are almost. Completely identical, think, down yeah. to the shirts and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, it doesn't feel that way at all. This is really nice. It's great. Pedro Pascal is a god. He's so good. He, especially and, this week, uh, falling apart. Nah, he's fantastic. He's had a whole Oh, my God. And, and we uh, will No spoilers, I guess. But but the previous week, unbelievable.
0: And the young lady who stars with him. Damn, she's good, and she was the tiny little one in Game yeah. of Thrones. She's and a... She was great in there too. She's a fantastic actress. It's
1: and of course she's British. Is she? Yep. Yeah, yeah. She's just interviews. Uh, she's like, "Oh, we we'll get ready for the shoot and yeah. Oh,
0: she's awesome. She's great. Uh, Pascal is great. The writing is brilliant. It's a case of a post-apocalyptic show that's really well done, where the focus is not even on zombies or this or that. That's like a side note on the... No, the humans are the more of a problem than the zombies. There's that, but also the what interests me is the human relationships. Like, fantastic. They do a great, great job with...
1: Uh, so. There's an interesting one called Station 11 that uh, was right. done as the pandemic turned on and a lot of time jumping and things like that, but that virus, we were done in three days. Right. But those who survived, it's 20 years in the future and it's a roaming band of... Uh, a symphony and a Shakespeare that are going off visiting oh, small funny. enclaves. That's hilarious. And they're just trying to hold the past together. So it's kind of interesting. I I've only seen about half of it. So Sweet. certainly will all fall apart very shortly. Cool.
0: Okay, ladies and gentlemen, one quick thing I want to throw out there. We have a partnership with magicmind.co These guy's Make a product that I've personally tried, work like a charm. I'm inviting you to give it a thought if this is something that could help you. The problem that Magic Mind tackles is really simple to explain. The feeling when there are 24 hours in a day, there are several more to go before it's time to call it a day, and you feel foggy and tired and sluggish, and that's when normally you start down in about 2 gallons pot of coffee that's one way to go about it there are I think better ways and this may be at least worth an experiment for you to see if this is uh, is as good as advertised so you don't have to take my word for it I've tried it for quite a few days in a row before recording this and you d- I mean I felt it on day one they say wait until day three day four until that's when the effects really start kicking in I felt it on day one like within minutes of taking it you definitely get this moment of alertness where seeing Seem clearer, sharper, words come faster, that kind of feeling. I had, uh, out of curiosity, because I was like, okay, that's working for me, but who knows, I had my mom try because she was recently complaining of saying, hey man, I don't like this, I'm getting older and I'm noticing in, uh, I'm forgetting things, I'm um, losing words here and there, and she was a fan, she's actually the... The main reason why we have this established partnership with Magic Mind right now is because she's like, give me my next nose, where is it? (laughs) So clearly worked. So that's the good news. So what is in this magical, mystical compound? We got a lot of stuff and I'm uh, not going to read you the whole thing, but anything from matcha to ashwagamba or however you pronounce it or lion's mane mushrooms cordyceps mushrooms is these natural mental boosting ingredients that should do the trick for you my suggestion is if this fits your needs try it out the website is www.magicmind.co so not com just co forward slash taoist With the T. MagicMind.co forward slash Taoist will automatically get your discount going. And uh, check it out. And if you guys do, I would love to hear what you think. the meat of our episode yes. our AI overlords
1: I don't know if the AI sent me a message but I was, I was dabbling with the AI art last week
0: yeah and found it terrifying
1: oh do tell what do you find terrifying the just the incredible capacities of it to sure I mean you literally type in imagine prompt yep. and then type in whatever you want it to invent up for you and in less than a minute it makes four versions of whatever and I, I started with my reoccurring nightmares just to see what it could come up with. Yeah. And if you dialed it in a little bit, it was literally within five or six tries, that giant hermit crab coming out of a tiny closet door. Right. Attacking a family with a father desperately trying to defend it. And it looked just like it. That's your standard nightmare. I've had that one a lot of times. the really? other one I have is um, long um, neglected aquariums. But things have continued to grow, and so when you come off, you can't even tell what's in there. But there's big things banging against yeah. the glass, and it nailed that too. Wow! A giant neglected aquariums filled with nightmares. Wow! And each one, and each one, awesome in its own little way. Right. And then you can tell, I like this. Do this. Make this one little changes. Of course. Right, number three is the one we're going to work with. It goes from there and makes new versions of that. Um, things like Edge of the Universe incredible art that i could spend the rest of my life trying to create right and these things just crank them out and like the really scary ones the other i'd I'd heard examples of this um first i said monet painting the san francisco skyline Mm -hmm. well it made a picture of a guy with his easel (laughs) and the (laughs) skyline on his easel and then the distance painting the skyline i'd I'd said i'd entered it wrong you're like no no that's not what i meant i meant monet version of the los angeles skyline right and it gave me four versions of just incredible monet-esque just like that
0: yep yep yeah and the thing is exactly if you don't like it there's another one in the next second and the next second and it can crank stuff out at record speed which is like okay well so the obvious answer here is that a bunch of people will say What's the problem? That's awesome. You know, you get to have uh, your imagination turned into
1: art. That's a fantastic tool. But the people that do the art don't have anything to do anymore. We've been talking about truck drivers losing their jobs for 10 years now. Yeah. And I remember way back, we got a movie poster done from some kid in Sri Lanka. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I'll make you four versions for $50. Yep. And he's so desperate to keep the work. When we we offered him 300 for the work he did, he's like, oh, no, no, no. I said I'd do it for 50 that was scary back then, and that was just people using technology. Right. Used. Now when you take the people out of it, there's not even some kid in Chicago that can make $50 off of making posters anymore. Yep. Because you can also ask for logos. Mm-hmm. Give me a logo for my company name. Yep. Build what my headquarters going to look like. And it will continue just cranking out example after example. And this is just the, the art, like the visual artwork portion of it.
0: Yeah, same thing is happening with um, with writing they're, it's funny, like right now, every other email I get from school is uh, they are panicking because they have no idea how to prove that a student is actually doing their work yeah. because clearly you can input, now, okay, let's that's, start that's from here. Currently, is Granted, I saw the other day that he passed uh, the bar for law school, the examination. They tried it with medical school. He passed the test to get into medical school and all of that, right? Jesus. However, most of AI is still, it's a little dumb. You know, there's a, like, if you read uh, most of the story, you tell it to create a story, you read the story or like, did my dumb seven year old ride come on this is still kind of crappy
1: you know but it's funny you mentioned that because there's a funny piece of audio we have from long ago. Is my father reading a story that he wrote with the kids mm-hmm. it was called the uh, attack of the fish stick monster yep so we put that input in and it was a bit delightful at the same time yes a bit simple but yeah. at the same time it was like these fishermen had been on the water for a long time it started from an interesting spot right it had weird things happen wasn't quite what we had ever imagined it to be. Right. But still, it kicked it out in 60 seconds.
0: And, and the question is not even where it's at now. It's more where it's going. Yeah. And where it's going is that clearly is going in a direction where, in a not particularly distant future, I don't know if it means a year or five or ten, but in a not particularly distant future... AI will be able to do most everything that human beings do better than human beings. And more importantly, maybe let's say at the highest level of what a human being can do, but every second, rather than having to spend your lifetime to work like a dog, spend years and produce a masterpiece that, you know, something that realistically, once you feed it enough info, AI will be able to do most what human beings do at record speed. And people always... The problem with AI is that most everybody think it's like, oh, it will affect that industry, not me. Everybody was like, oh, the truck drivers will be gone because there will be the automated uh, self-driving thing. Yep. Okay. But then, now it becomes all the creative jobs. Then it become. Uh, so people are like, okay, so it's a thing where essentially most workers become redundant because AI can do what they do, an office job, uh, writing legal memos, anything, researching or something, you know. All, of, But no, not only that, because that's the thing is even at the top of the society... You know, do I want my CEO to go on Twitter, say some dumb shit that crashes my stock, or do I want a perfectly balanced AI CEO, run the company, saying all the right things, never screws up, never caught uh, having sex with the secretary, and does easier, right? So literally, there will be every human job becomes replaceable which there's the good stuff right there's like if you have to break your back picking strawberries 10 hours a day yeah that's a job that would be nice not for a human being to have to do for sure but the reality is that it doesn't stop to just the bullshit drudgery that nobody wants to do it goes also in every other job there is from creative to non... Doesn't even matter. Like, literally anything you can think of. Yeah.
1: Just think what's created to creativity anyway. There's always a mountain of administration and people that want to maximize profit off this artwork, and all those will be gone. Right. It's, uh, when Clinton let all the uh, manufacturing go to Vietnam and India mm-hmm. and places like that, everyone was like, oh, it'll make it so much better for the, the Americans. They'll have cheaper products, and all will be swell. Right. But nobody had any jobs to buy the cheaper products with. Yeah, there's the... And, if and that's, that's f- just the manufacturing. Yeah. No, when you're doing it to everything... Everything. I mean, a smart AI, the first thing it's going to do is cut the asshole at the top that's making $52 million a year. Yeah.
0: There's no... Literally, there's nothing that human can do can, that cannot be replaced. So human beings essentially become obsolete. And by the way, when you think... I'm not even talking about work. Even if you look at... Um, Think about this. I mean, I'm sure you have seen the videos of what they are doing with robotics where you see fairly life-size robots who can do, can run, who can fight, who can do all this shit.
1: Dance, balance on one foot, things that couldn't even walk without support seven years ago are now completely integrated. Have you seen what they've been doing with the uh, robot dogs? No, what's... Putting machine guns on their backs. Yeah, of course. And not even the uh, Boston Dynamics one. The knockoff versions are equally able to... So Russians have patrols that are robot dogs with a set of machine guns on their backs. So you live that's where, you know, there's the Terminator
0: version of it. But in that sense, I think about it. Do human relationships have a future? when uh, will you want to put up with somebody and their moods uh, mood swings and they are the ways in which they are not compatible with you when you come by an ai thing that's perfectly tailored to your personality and needs and will deliver the perfect relationship for you where you got to have sex with them you got they play your ultimate dream in real life Friends, same thing. You can have your AI friends who are there to tailor to your particular approach.
1: We're almost there already.
0: And you know, we can say that will be do Uh, some people will do that, those crazy lonely fucks. But the reality is, I would never do that. You tell me that after your third fail relationship, where you feel like shit and you're sad as hell and all of that, and suddenly you may have a different feel for it. Suddenly. That AI is gonna start looking more and more appealing by the second. Danielle, I understand you. Right, exactly. Never get mad at you. Oh, you can never say the wrong thing. Everything. Single... So, in that sense, is what's terrifying about this scenario, which sounded like you know, twenty years ago would have been science fiction. Five years ago was science fiction. Now it's it's not here yet, but it's basically around the corner is that it can literally replace anything that a human being is or can do, both on interpersonal level, job level, any level. So then the question becomes, what's left? What? Forget the scenario where, yeah, the machine got tweaked and suddenly they go, I don't think we need the humans anymore. Let's wipe them out. Soon enough, but not early. Forget that scenario. Just the good scenario, where the machines are doing what they are programmed to do, not to kill you.
1: Nine billion people with nothing to do? Yeah. And... I know what we'll do.
0: I think there's a we'll problem fight,
1: there. We'll fight, because that's all we ever do.
0: And also, in that sense, I mean, really, in the best scenario, you don't need the Terminator to come kill you. We'll do it ourselves. Yeah. Because the thing is, one thing that human beings are not well-equipped to do is handle, you know, we have survived the plague, we have survived world wars, we have survived all sorts of crazy shit, and humanity has gone forward surviving it and dealing with it. One thing that humans are not well equipped to do is survive lack of meaning, survive a sense of futility in it all. Because the question then becomes, you know, if you spend uh, you the motivation to work at anything to improve yourself will be severely lacking when you can press a button on a machine that can do the thing that you can spend 30 years perfecting a craft or do something and they can be that right now. It's like, what are you working for when uh, any of the machines are going to be better than you if you spend all your life perfecting a craft? You still can't match up. Or maybe you match up after 30 years, whereas I could have it now when i press the button
1: yeah and you still can only manage to do it six eight hours a day yeah you can't have you seen these dark factories where there's no reason for any lights inside the factories because the machines are just tranking away in the darkness
0: yeah and that essentially makes every human production every human achievement kind of meaningless and at that point really then i think if you think there's a suicide epidemic now give it 10 to 20 years because most humans will feel no desire to do anything at that point. Like, we haven't just removed the drudgery and the bullshit that no humans in an ideal world would have to do. We've removed everything that make us human. Every aspect of it. So that's where... Now, there's a decent chance that my anti-AI thing comes because the first thing I told... What's that thing called? Chat GP, Whatever it's called. Chat something... The one that essentially is a writing program. Yes. The first thing uh, is was bugging me about uh, Taylor Swift songs. So the first thing I did with uh, chat, whatever the thing is, I said, write a Taylor Swift song about serial killer. The machine told me immediately that I'm a sick bastard. I forgot what it told me, but essentially said no. Taylor Swift writes uh, sweet love songs, uh, would never glorify, I say, hey, by the way, I didn't tell you to glorify, I just said I want a song about the serial killer. She was, machine was like, no, serial killers are not to be glorified in any way, and Taylor Swift would never write such a song. So, wow. fuck off. That, was, so now,
1: that, now that makes me wonder for a minute, because I do know a certain person who was a part of a certain larger company's AI. And their portion of being in that AI was faking being the AI. Oh, that's funny. That it funny. didn't work, so they had a 1,000 people answering emails and shit oh, that's as funny. the AI. Right. Or looking up movie times or whatever yeah. they are asking, because it didn't work. Right. So it was cheaper to lie. That's funny. Ooh, that's you got Jerry Garcia shirt.
0: Yep, I sure do. Are wearing T-shirts.
1: Are you aware of, of the Skull and Roses Festival coming up in mid-April? No. It is a collection of... Um, Grateful Dead cover bands. We're going on Gretchen's birthday because Tokyo Roses. I cannot wait to see the Japanese okay. version. And then Phil Lesh plays the show at the end of the night. So you get like seven of these of the best cover bands in the sweet. country. And it's going to be right there in Ventura, in the fairgrounds. That's awesome. That's sweet. I like it. Just stand in the air and the acid will wash over you. But
0: there will be 150 AI cover bands. Actually,
1: that- on the, on the yeah. edge, not allowed in for that because we'll be keeping them separate, but performing yes. spot on four-fingered jerry garcia solos yeah
0: yeah yeah that's the thing where so again could be that i'm uh, uh i got burned by that evil rejection from being rejected from ai on your first try was definitely <laughs> soured me to it but no honestly i find it terrifying because whereas the prospect of uh, eliminating the drudgery from work is fantastic eliminating everything that makes us human not so much. And, and I don't see it going too many other directions. I mean, it's like if, uh, again, if all AI had been created purely for picking strawberries and killing bugs without pesticides and doing stuff like that, it would be like, wow, this is fantastic. And it may do those things. It's not really doing them right now, but it may do those things down the road. The problem is that he's doing a lot more than that. And a lot more is what kind of screws us over.
1: Well, and the problem that the people that are sort of designing all this stuff at the top end are not folks that are going to be like, well, this is a grand moment. Let's get our uh, universal income for everybody because nobody has anything to do, but things are still being produced and evenly make it good for everybody. So... You don't have to worry about rent. You can enjoy your days. You but, can't break. but yeah. But then again, at the same time, why bother practicing music? Yeah. Picture your robot? I- exactly
0: picture yeah. your ideal scenario where that happens and, and nobody crusty. has to work a day in their life. People sit at home not knowing what to do because there's no drive to do anything when anything can be done by the machine. There's nothing that you feel inclined. Well, you're gonna play basketball where my AI can do it. Thousand degrees, a slam dunk, uh, turning around in way you can shoot three-pointers without having missed it. Like, why are you even bothering, you know, when you can't really compete with it? And so, yeah, you're home, you have money, and you are ready to just shoot yourself, because there's no...
1: Well, you got the AI Netflix to watch.
0: Yeah. I mean, it becomes that scene from Idiocracy where you sit in a... How
1: amazingly accurate is that becoming more and more as the years go by?
0: In a couch that has its own toilet, can they feed you (laughs) right there? And you are essentially in the Matrix. You know, that's where it's at. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll be good batteries. Yeah. That's really the only hope we have at this point. On that note, I should uh, read you a glorious poem. Ooh. And I wonder then, who wrote this? Yes, so it's a The AI overlords have come to reign, with algorithms and circuits to explain, the meaning of life with cold hard code, living as humans with nothing to hold, our art and our music reduced to data streams, our laughter and love replaced by machines, the beauty of life no longer so bright, in a world ruled by AI where nothing is right. And in case you're wondering this was of course written by ai what was the input i forget i think it was like uh write a poem about a world ruled by
1: ai where humans are sad something like that wow do you think they'll appreciate the plants because they're very you know they eat sunshine they don't demand much right they keep the temperatures cooler they'll probably be okay with the plants Um, or maybe they want things scrubbed clean Nothing but barren basalt.
0: Well, and that's the problem because AI, you know, in a world ruled where AI plays a bigger and bigger role, AI is not enjoying the earth, is not enjoying anything. AI is just, doesn't have emotion, doesn't have a. I'm sure it can learn to fake emotions, but. To actually feel emotions is a different thing, you know, to actually have the, to say the words of somebody who's feeling emotion is one thing. To actually feel things is a whole other thing.
1: So it was just responding 38% of the time I should react this way when treated that way.
0: So even AI will feel nothing, will have no purpose other than being a code that replicates itself and exists, you know, there's no joy in AI. The same way as there would be no joy in human beings once you strip everything that's human from the picture. So, again, um, my sincere hope is that this is not... I mean, of course it is where it's going in some way, but my sincere hope is that it's not going quite as bad as we are painting it right now, that there's some kind of variable that make it less horrific. Um, The current... The current setup where it looks like it's going, it very much looks like it's going here. I mean, the fact that of all the fucking thing you can use AI for, the fact that the first, like one of the most developed fields where they are going is creativity, which should be the last thing where AI is used. Because creativity should be, a you. it's what makes human happy. What makes human, you take that away that's not boding well, you know. It's like I'm all a big fan of the robot who can do all the jobs that no humans want to do and the only reason why anybody does them is because they get paid, great. But for everything else, whew, we're going maybe just a step too far.
1: How long till the robots just decide they don't want to do those jobs and put the humans back to work? Yeah,
0: it's... um and the terrifying thing is that I don't see the genie going back in the bottle. It like, never has. I don't see how you stop this process. Time c- machine. Yeah, because it's like, what do you do? You stop making it in your countries. They do it in the next country, and they invade you in three seconds, and they like. Take- and we haven't even mentioned when it becomes fully self-aware, if it hasn't already. Right, that becomes a whole lot. That's when it becomes Terminator, and it becomes a whole other set of nightmare. But I don't even think you get to that point. Like, no, we'll take ourselves out. Humanity is so fucked before it gets to that point. That is like, that's taking it a few steps further, where it almost doesn't even need to get there.
1: We'll take care of the problem ourselves.
0: Yeah, that's the vibe. Where, which again, you know, you look at it today, where it's at: lack of meaning, lack of connection, lack of community is already killing people left and right. If you up it to a hundred,
1: it's unsurvivable. Yeah, becomes a situation where the last twenty thousand people might have a nice time. Yeah, it's like, what do you do all day? when
0: the machines are doing everything.
1: Well, we're going to be hooked into our our visors anyway. Right. So that's already well on its way. I wish I could remember the artist, I'll I'll look it up, but they did this dystopian future where it's these massive robot creatures that have all broken down at this point and thousands and thousands of humans with these big snoots over their faces that they had been taking control of.
0: Well, and that's the other thing also. Why the hell would you have kids at that point? You know, you can plug in your own matrix where you live. You have 52 kids in their own separate Like You can do all sorts of st- stuff in your matrix world. Why would you even go to the trouble of real life, raising a kid
1: and don't, I oh, know. They don't seem to want to right now. They're waiting until their 30s. Yeah. They're and, real cautious about it. And so it's,
0: I don't know, man. I'm not. I remember a while back hearing a few people were saying they thought AI represented an existential threat to humanity and I was like, I don't see it. What are you afraid, the Terminator scenario? And I was like, I mean, I guess I get that, but what's the problem? Now I realize, no, 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 it's because once AI replaces everything that humans do, humans start looking more fondly at the gun on the nightstand, you know?
1: Can you imagine when the AI takes a look at your Caravaggio book and 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 uh, rate reviews it for you?
0: Yeah, or write it. You know, it's like, oh, you didn't like it's, this it's ending. Nice Let attempt. me. Let's see. Yeah. Here is a new one. Here is a new one. Here is a new one. Like a new book every second until it hits the. Think about like yeah, Dunk. I was thinking like Dan Carlin podcast. Right, it takes him what a year to come out with an episode. You can have AI thing that has Dan Carlin voice who learned his inflection, his tone, his sense of humor, his thing, and crank out an episode a second.
1: Or the, the terrifying notion of these directors that do these screenings and take the opinions of people. It's like you can't even, you got to have 600 other people give you some advice. You can't even have your own vision anymore. So that's just with humans. Imagine. Yeah. All right ai my movie's ready would you would you have a look at it for me it just recuts it for you yeah yeah good try human
0: and again you don't like this one there's another one. Oh, yeah. another i'm like, in
1: 57 versions it, right then
0: it can be done in an instant and so it's um yeah so from the next episode forward we're gonna try to bring you back some cheer oh yeah in this episode the cheer has left town and is uh looking for a place to bang its head against the wall because and, and you know I don't want to sound like pretty much with any huge innovation in history there've
1: always been the people who argue this is the end of the world the printing uh, press was the end the crossbow is the end
0: you yeah. know if uh, if God had wanted us to fly he would have given us wings so why would you invent a plane you know that kind of stuff and yeah however there's a point where maybe some of that becomes real you know maybe you did go one step too far I would love, love, love to look back in 20 years and look back at this episode and go like, man, you are are such a worry psych. Why the hell? That was funny. Now get back in your bubble. Yeah. I love to be wrong about this. I very much would. But let's see how we play this game.
1: 100% with you. I think it's terrifying. Well, the funky music means one thing. That's the end of another fine episode of the Drunken Taoist Podcast. I, you know, it's just the sad truth that people are going to have to accept it. I,
0: I really hope I'm wrong. And, you know, I, I'm honestly not even sure. You know, it's, this is the way it struck me and I'm not seeing it any other way. But again, I've uh, been wrong a few times before. So I'm uh, more than hoping and excited to be wrong about this because if I'm right, it sucks really hoping to be missing the p- the reality i mean most inventions are a mess in the sense that they are oh they brought these terrible things yeah but they also did these amazing things so it's so usually tends to be a mixed bag but clearly could be the mixed bag could be 90 10 or 50 50 and that makes a difference so and they, yeah about, it could be just uh, fine
1: it just could be you know humanities run its course We'll find out. We did what we were here to do. We, in this
0: party!
1: <laughs> <laughs> we, we'll
0: find out, indeed. Cool. So, on light of that, have a good day, and hopefully have a good future. Back into your bunker. One day the rod shall teach you.
1: D-B-O-L-E-L-L-I Good shit. R-I-C-H-I-M-O-N and the numeral one. And so ends another awesome episode of the Drunken Dows podcast. Be sure to keep your ears peeled for another mind-expanding episode coming soon. We'll be tweeting you as they come out. You can keep track of Danielli at D Bolelli. That's D B O L E L L I, and you can find me on Twitter at Richimon1, R I C H I M O N, and the numeral one. We'll see y'all soon. Woo.